It was the first trip that I ever had going to Mexico. It was the first big adventure trip. Before the advent of smartphones and the abundance of shared information available today on the internet, America viewed the country of Mexico as a land of chaos and decay. South of Tijuana or Ensenada, one could only imagine busted highways, guns firing into the air, giant sombreros having a siesta underneath the shade of a wall surrounded by bottles with X's on them. It may as well have been right out of a Cormac McCarthy novel. This is the way America thought about Mexico, and this is the way that I thought about Mexico. It'd be a 10-day trip down there, and we would be driving all the way down Baja. Look at a map, and you'll see the peninsula of Baja stretching 800 miles down the west side of Mexico. Between two coasts, its one main road zigzags through endless views of dry, packed desert, seemingly on the brink of death. We're following basically this video my boss had, Fun Driving Baja. I think you can, you can find it online. Well, we're on Mexico One, south of Ensenada. As you can see, from Tijuana to Ensenada was a no-brainer on that toll road. But once you get past Ensenada, well, it's time to pull out the map and the tour guide and follow along with us as we travel the highways and byways of Baja. It showed me that there was something out there civilization, you know, Coca-Cola, gas stations. It was really my first big bout of adventure. It was a big deal. So it gave me the confidence I wasn't going to drive off the edge of the earth. So I'd be going down there with four people, my trusty companion, and then a co-worker and his brother. And at the last moment was his girlfriend. The, the, our whole task is to go all the way down to Cabo, which is at the very tip of Baja. I had my truck and they had their car, three of them. So here we go. We cross the border. We're cracking beers back at the hotel. You know, things are going okay. And we get going the next day. And it becomes very clear to me that um, my co-worker and his brother and his girlfriend, they're getting pretty nervous. They're, they're, they're nervous about what we're doing, where we're going. I had everything really mapped out in my head, according to this video. And we're just going to enjoy the adventure. You know, if we don't make it here by this time, okay, we'll do it the next day. We have to skip something, okay. That was my kind of whole take on it. And they're saying, so what are we, Jordan, what are we doing? Exactly. Where are we going? And I'm like, this is what we're doing. We're doing it. And they're like, well, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> they really wanted to get to Cabo. You know, which if you really, if you really stepped on the gas, you, you could get there in the three days tops. So we split up. They headed off. And me and Faithful Companion are taking our time. And we end up in this beautiful little oasis town called San Ignacio. We're staying by this river, and it's really lovely. Following day, we get down to La Paz, which is really almost all the way down. And, and then we spent another night on a beach north of La Paz, which was this gorgeous, gorgeous place. Buckets of beers, knee-deep water, you know, 100 yards out, uh, blue, clear palapas. We're eating raw scallops. We're having campfires with other travelers great they're already down in Cabo so they say why don't you meet us at this beach so we get to this beach and they've got parking but it's secure parking and something happened I was pissed off at Mexico or something like this and I come through and the security guards there and I'm I was just a fucking asshole to this guy and I and I'm like how much for parking or something I can't even remember I'm like, I just remember being a total dick 
I parked the car, and for some reason, for some damned reason, I had it in my mind to take my money and to hide it outside of the car. We go out, we're on the beach, it's nice, we meet everyone, everyone's in a good mood. We come back, and my back extended cab window is busted in. Someone had taken everything out of the car. Everything. Suitcases, money, briefcases, tents, uh, sleeping bags, everything. Um, that was that was our deal coming into Cabo. Kevin had all his money stolen. I had my money that I had underneath the rocks, so I was able to loan Kevin money. We just say, okay, forget it. You know, it happened. Big deal. So we we had a, a few good nights there. You know, we fixed the vehicle and everyone's getting ready to go and we're all just kind of getting along it was nice so anyway it's time for us to go back again we got separated again but this time me and faithful companion instead of going all the way back the way we came the map that we had this big fold-out map you know no gps back then uh, probably about 200 miles south of san ignacio we saw that there was a secondary highway which took off from this point where the road went northeast this this went northwest which shot more directly up into san ignacio so we thought we could save some time and all our adventure all that shit we're hitting this road and something about this road man it is filled with every pothole imaginable it was getting night by then when we hit this pothole road Kevin is driving at this point oh man and he was hitting every damned one and i remember being like do you have to hit every pothole man i'm you know it's like total dick and he's getting frustrated so after about you know an hour of him driving on this pot road i jump in and immediately the potholes stop (laughs) and really there's really nothing out there so i'm thinking the road's pretty shitty but it's still cement and everything okay whatever we'll make it up there and then the road it turns to dirt and we're going oh god you know and it's one of these things where it's like well we've come this far let's just keep going you know so we keep going, and then the road turns to cement again. We're like, oh my God, thank God, you know. And then it turns to dirt again. And it starts winding and kind of like going up mountains and doing this. And, and we're both going, man, I don't know, what the hell, you know. And uh, we're driving and driving. We ain't seen nothing. Then we pass a Mexican government army checkpoint in the middle of this nothing. And this guy goes, uh, uh, you know, where are you going? And we say, oh, San Ignacio, San Ignacio. And he goes, San Ignacio. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And we're like, sí. you know, and he goes, adelante. You know, like, okay, go ahead, man. You know, and we're both going, what the fuck, dude? No, I don't know. By this time, the vehicle had diverted from its original course by over 100 miles through darkness and slow roads. This secondary highway aimed into a largely uninhabited area of Baja with barely a blip on the map consisting mainly of arid canyons and remote, salty bodies of water that led back to the Pacific, surrounded by wasteland and silence. And man, it's one of these things where it's like all I see is where my headlights are shining and it's just dirt ground coming at me like for three hours and what would happen is these roads would just come to an end there'd be dried out riverbeds like flash flash flood arroyo you know so they have like rocks to kind of like stop you from continuing because basically you'll just drive right over the edge of this riverbank and then there would there would be these side roads these tracks that go off from the side and that's what you're supposed to go in now i never driven in this really fine dust 
powder. I mean, it was like flour. You know, you just slap your hand on it and dust would fly everywhere. My vehicle is two-wheel drive. If I drove in this stuff and, and I lost traction, I would just sink down, you know, like quicksand. So I'm like, oh my God, how are we going to deal with this, you know? And I'd say, okay, the best thing we can do is just gun it through this riverbed and just go as fast as we can and then get up the other end and resume our way. So we would, we'd, we'd gear up, we'd get ready, and I'd slam on the gas and just barrel through this. You'd just be like, the vehicle would just shake like crazy and there's dust flying out the back of the truck, you know. We'd get through and be like, okay, okay. So we'd keep driving. We kept coming up to these dry riverbeds. And every time, it seemed every time, they were getting steeper and steeper and it was getting closer and closer to us screwing up. Definitely by this time, we're talking like midnight by now, we're way, way, way out there in nothing. Absolute nothing. The, turning back would be just as bad because we'd have to go back through these riverbeds anyway. Of course, you're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. But we're getting kind of delirious and kind of weirded out because it's so late, you know, and, and we've been driving so long and we don't know where we are and all this. And we come up to this one riverbed, the one riverbed. We see this track that's going down and it's steep. It's dipping down in there and I can see it's just as steep going up the other end so it's just real we're pretty kind of freaked out about it so I slam on that gas we nail this thing and when we got down to the bottom of it it was like hard hitting barely made it up the other side and we're saying oh my god man this is too this is fucked up this is too much so anyway we keep going couple couple miles we pass by what looks like some old like dead ranch and suddenly there's a freaking fence that's just running right over the road that's blocking a secondary highway i mean it was just like after all this shit fuck you guys what the fuck do we do now and it it, kind of we just sat there and i'm just i'm thinking like well i guess we gotta i guess we gotta go back you know we'll just we'll just have to suck it up you know we lost a day so we turned around and we started driving back and man i'll tell you what we hit that last arroyo so we're we're getting ready and i'm thinking okay it's not a big deal this is the worst one no problem we rev up that engine we brace ourselves pop it in gear i gun the gas we start barreling down and we're going so fast and kind of furious that i lost my nerve and i hit the get and i hit the brakes in the middle of this dry riverbed and i kind of slowed down a little bit and then to compensate for it i just popped the clutch and revved the gas and that spun the wheel and that started digging us in and of course i'm just freaked out so i'm just hitting the gas and then just burying 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 that old tail we do the old trick where we start rocking it in and out and all we're and all i'm doing is just burying more and more and more we get out of the truck we take a look and the truck is buried to its butthole in this dust sure we get ourselves out it'll take time we get ourselves out but we're buried in the middle of this river in this powder and i have no speed how the hell am i going to get up the other side either way When you're standing there looking at this car and you're looking at your friend that has no idea what to do either. I'm looking at him, he's looking at me. 
and it really starts to hit you, man, we're in a bit of a situation here. We're at least 50 miles from anything, and we're not getting up this arroyo. We're not getting up this hill here. I mean, it's bad. I kind of stop, and I look around, see where we are, and I, I can't remember if the moon was out or not, but what I remember is that it was so incredibly quiet. It was so dead quiet out there. No insects, no wind, no traffic. You could hear like fuzz, like softness of silence. It was loud. It was so quiet. And when you said something, it was like a perfect microphone, no echo. So that was very, that was, that was sobering. That was a sobering moment for me. I start taking note of all the water and food we have, because I'm thinking we might have to walk out of here, you know, from the middle of this desert up to San Ignacio, and that could take us maybe a week. We had plenty of water. We had plenty of food. We had plenty of water. What we didn't have was camping gear. We didn't have sleeping bags. We didn't have jackets. Barely had another set of clothes. And it was cold, man. It was November, I think. I remember it was November. So I start digging, and I'm digging. I'm digging my ass off. And I remember, I remember faithful companion, Kevin, he wasn't doing shit. He was just kind of standing there watching. I mean, yeah, he took, we took turn a little bit here and there, you know, but he really wasn't doing much. And I'm, I'm in there fucking, you know, I'm like digging for my life. And yeah, I'm getting mad at him and everything. We're, we're getting weird and everything. I actually managed to dig the damn car out. And I know I can't drive it up the damn hill. So I get, I rock the car out. There's this kind of hard patch in this river. So I drive it on this hard patch so it won't get sunk again. And it's like 2.30 at night, you know. We decide, okay, we'll get up and we'll deal with this in the morning. We've turned on some AM radio. We are able to get San Diego station, something like this. Pretty weird, you know, being in the middle of this desert and listening to some San Diego radio. I heard Kevin kind of nod off sleep. And I would, I would never really got to sleep, but I would have these very vivid dreams. I had these very vivid dreams that I was in Mexico, out in the day, in the hot day, laying by the pool with a margarita, and, you know, Pepe would, would come around with his tray and say, uh, Dos mas margaritas, senores. Oh, yes, Pepe, please. Dos mas. What is happening with you today, sir? Oh, well, my, my car, my truck is, is stuck out there in the desert over there. But, uh, you know, and we're going we're gonna to have to get it. It's stuck in a river. But we'll take care of it later, Pepe. We'll, we'll just... No big deal. Si, sí, senor. Si, sí, mucho. Muy bien, muy bien, senor. And then I would wake up in this truck, in this cold, in the dark, in the silence. That was one of the oddest feelings I've ever had in my life. I had this dream like three times. That sucked. I mean, we might as well have been on the moon. In lieu of impossible situations, the mind seeks to normalize and trivialize the dramas we manifest. Is this an aid in our evolutionary growth? A hint toward how we should be taking each moment of life despite all the dangers? Or is it a cruel joke meant to taunt us when we're in our most dire of times? Maybe. But maybe it's a reminder that we should try our best to make it through these difficulties. 
promising a pot of gold at the end of this dark rainbow. A pot of gold that we all take for granted. And I, I thought I was in some other dimension, some like black mirror thing, where I didn't think the sun was actually going to rise. I didn't think the sun was going to come up. And when I started seeing the light, you know, kind of over the mountains and the hills and things like this, oh man, that was a huge, huge relief. And when that sun came up and we could see what was in front of us, there was this pile of dead cow bones and leather. We had been parked in front of a a rotting dead cow the entire night. And, of course, I couldn't see anything. And uh, finally, we get up. The only thing that we could think to do was head back over to that dead ranch, that abandoned ranch. And if no one was there, we'd come back to the truck, load up on water, load up on everything, and, and, and start walking. Yeah, so we geared up. Again, we didn't have jack and stuff. It's pretty cold in the morning. But what we did have, we bought tourist souvenir thing in Cabo. We bought these ponchos out of the car in our ponchos with me, a Spanish-English dictionary. Again, we didn't have smartphones, things like that. So I have my Spanish-English dictionary, and we start walking these couple miles to this ranch. So we get up to the ranch, and we start hearing noises when we're getting closer and closer to this ranch. And we hearing, we're hearing, like, pigs and things squealing. So, so we knew, oh, my God, this ranch is actually working ranch. Oh, my God, you know. And I see somebody in a cowboy hat, you know, kind of walking away from me. I start yelling, Ayuda! Ayuda! (laughs) Help! Help! And this guy turns around and he sees these two guys wearing ponchos and I'm carrying a, you know, a Spanish-English dictionary going, Ayuda! He gives us that look like, Oh, it's you guys, kind of thing. He shows up and no English at all. And I start talking to him and then his father and his brother show up as well. His father's name was Santana. You know, caballeros, you know. They've got the 4x4, four four and they're going to help us get out. I said, we jump in the truck with them, and we are riding back with our ponchos flapping in the wind. There's the truck, that lovely, gigantic hole that we left in the middle of the Arroyo for them. The main son, brother, gets out. He, he just tells me to get in the car, and again... I'm saying, you know, how the hell... I mean, the only way I'm thinking we're going to be able to get out of here is we get pulled out by this 4x4, you know. But he's telling me, no, get in the truck. And I'm I'm too nervous to do this. So I say, okay, you do it, you do it. So I give him the keys. He gets in. He starts the engine, puts it in gear, comes off of this hard patch facing toward the ranch. And he just slowly drives up the damn thing and gets to the top. being dramatic and screaming Por qué? Por qué? you know and he goes despacio despacio slowly slowly and i go oh my god oh my god just do it slowly there it was okay so the, the truck's out i'm just so damn happy that i gave the main guy i gave him 50 bucks i drive back with kevin to the ranch and uh, we get to the fence, and we're saying, what, what about this fence? And he just says, just open the fence, man. And so it was a gate. It was a gate, after all. It's just open the gate. 
So there we are looking at this gate, kind of just sitting there basking in this relief and stupidity that we felt. And Santana, Santana, the father, he, he comes up to me and he hands me a letter folded up in his pocket. And it was strange, and like I said, the, the letter was folded up in his pocket and it looked like it had been pre-written by someone, you know, to uh, for just such these occasions. The letter was handwritten in English with all capitals. Although all of the characters were consistent and neat, the font was penciled with wavy strokes, like from a Goosebumps book cover. The writer of this letter, whoever it was, dotted each node of each stroke with a heavy point. Santana had kept this note very carefully, as it was perfectly flat between all of the creases. The note read, Help. We are a poor family in the middle of the desert, and things are very bad. It is difficult to get water, and we are running out of food. Now we've helped you, and if you go out there, and, and you written, haven't returned... really weird. It's something more. It said, Now we helped you. So... When you go out there, presumably when I continue out into the wilderness in front of us or even out into my life, into my karma, when you go out there and you haven't returned the favor, they're going to get you. Now that point, that part was in, like I remember specifically, they're going to get you. And that's all I had to read. There was, I guess there was a little more, but I was like, what the what is this? Like, man, they had us really hoodwinked into this, this whole kind of thing. I don't think he understood that I gave his son 50 bucks already, but whatever. I was so happy. You know, I was happy. I didn't have to leave my truck in the middle of the desert and then go get a tow truck to bring it out. I was so happy. This weird, impossible task. I gave him another 50 bucks, and I think we gave him like like six gallons of water or two gallons. I can't remember. Six gallons of water. We had a bunch of water. They were happy. We took off, and we hit a couple more arroyos. We went really slow as opposed to really fast, and we were kind of in a canyon before, and we came out to the west out of this canyon into this incredibly flat, expansive, flat, plain, salt, flat thing. I don't know what it was. I mean, really, just nothing out there, just flat. And then you'd see, like, a boulder, a very large boulder sticking out, you know, five miles away, just once, kind of like a giant Zen garden. And it was gorgeous. It was absolutely beautiful. driving by this lagoons and we're driving by ocean we start seeing other cars and trucks kind of passing i guess either way you know if we had to walk we would have been picked up so it was all just very nice and we drove quite a long way and we finally get to san ignacio to this little oasis where we stayed before and we sat down at a restaurant and we had eggs and chorizo they were so good. They weren't that good, but they were so good. We were so happy to be in this little mission area, this little plaza, and nobody knew what just happened. We told them this 
extremely strange, extremely stressful situation. We even told co-worker, brother, and girlfriend. And they were like, whoa, that's crazy. And that's it. That's it. How can life be more sweet? Why can't that feeling last forever? You know, just the appreciation of some eggs, you know, and a chair, and a very simple town. Why can't that last forever? Why can't that last forever? Yes, it was all good. It was a, maybe the perfect first adventure for me, and maybe one of the most dangerous. There have been more, but not many. There's nothing like adventure. There's nothing like it. <laughs>